Thank you. Uh, all right, so I wanted to just share with you that there are seasons, of course, in the life of a family, in the life of an individual, in the life of a church. We are in a season of just amazing provision. I feel like God has been giving and revealing and clarifying and blessing. And, you know, you go through hard seasons and then you go through seasons of blessing. And so we just want to name that, identify that, acknowledge that, thank God for that. Kind of the lead image of God's provision for this church in the last six, eight, nine months has been this theater. God provided this theater for us. We, after 12 years of meeting in a school, 624 weeks, setting up and tearing down every week, uh, God provided this space for us and we're so thankful for it. Another thing that um, continues to come, in fact, it's the second most common comment I'm hearing in the last month, two, three months, in terms of the blessing of God in this community is our kids' ministry. Our kids' ministry has been strong for a long time. We're super thankful. We've always uh, found um, a sense of real conviction about the need and the opportunity to shape kids' lives. And so that's always been a high priority here for us. Uh, Let's see, late fall, Denise Alves, who pastored our kids for five, six years, started welcoming foster kids into her home and is adopting them, so she needed to transition out. And at the same time, uh, God provided Tony and Julie Carlisle, and their crew came with them. They started attending the church, started serving in the church, and have just come. And now Julie's our director of kids ministry. Amen. Yeah, come on up. So as Julie comes, I just want to share something that we uh, have a good time joking about. In a lot of contexts, uh, the main gathering is seen as the main thing. And what the kids' ministry does is child care while the real ministry is happening, right? This makes her, like, break out in hives when you say the words child care, don't do it. Uh, So we have a lot of fun. And it's never been child care for us. It's always been formation for us. We always see huge opportunity in in shaping and, and not just teaching kids, but helping them to learn how to encounter the living God. Uh, but what I enjoy, uh, I enjoy a ton of stuff about uh, Julie. One of the things is she teases me about, will I just please do a quality adult care this morning while she's doing the real work upstairs teaching the kids about Jesus. So I'm hoping I'm doing an okay job uh, keeping, the, keeping the adults entertained, right, <laughs> while you do the real work. Would you welcome with me Julie Carlisle? Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. He is doing a great job, don't you think, with adult care? Yeah. I, I want to um, acknowledge that when we came here, one of the beautiful things about this community was the love and investment for children. And, um, and Denise was at the helm for many years, loving kids in so many ways. And so to step in this is an, is an honor and a privilege. Um, but I've never seen a community that invests in children for their lives like, like you guys do. And um, so it is, it's an honor to be here. This morning, you'll get a taste of some things that we do um, upstairs in the loft um, with the elementary kids. And so one of the first things we do is we go over three respect rules. And the first respect rule is respect God. And that means that we don't use his name in a trite way or as a curse word. They hear a lot, you guys hear a lot of OMG at school and on the TV and all of that. But we've talked about how our Jewish friends, there's a rabbi that I email with, and when he writes the word God, he writes a capital G, an underscore, and then a capital D. The name is so holy 
that he won't even spell it out. He takes the vowels out, and that's a common thing um, in the, the Hebrew culture uh, believers. So um, anyway, I think it's something that the, the, this culture has been exposed to, just using God's name in any kind of way, and may it be holy on our lips. So that's the first one. The second one is to respect leaders. I always like that one. And then um, it's respect others. And word on the street is that these chairs are really comfy and that sometimes there's a little snooze that goes on. So in respecting others, if somebody's snoring next to you this morning, just gently prod them and, um, and, and we'll get going. The other thing we do is that we pray and we pray a response. Um, we interact on that because as the kids hear their voice praying out loud, it makes them more comfortable to do that because a lot of us who haven't grown up with praying out loud are, are uncomfortable. We get self-conscious. So we practice that and we usually do it on our knees. You don't have to get on your knees, um, but if you would interact with that with us right now, I'd appreciate it. Dear God, Thank you for this day. It's a gift from you, Lord. And we understand that you are kind. And you are generous to us. By being here today, may we fall more deeply in love with you. And that will change us so we can love others. Amen. Great. One of the things that we've been working on is using our Bibles. And so this morning, as we do an interactive time, if you have a Bible, it'll be good if you have a Bible. But also in the handouts, there is a diagram that you will be interacting with. So if you don't have one of those, would you raise your hand and we'll get one for you? All right, everybody's in good shape. Good. We are going to be talking today about God's word. And um, so we're going to focus on the New Testament. Now, the kids know that there are two great parts to the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the New Testament is about a third of the entire Bible. So we're going to just take that last third, and we're going to focus on it. And they are learning the books of the New Testament. Now, this isn't just for remote, I mean, uh, rote memorization. This is, this, is, um, this is for usage. This is for everyday life. Um, Ezzy and I were at uh, In-N-Out yesterday. And I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a new In-N-Out coming. And in, in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the different wrappers and cups and things at In-N-Out Burger are verses. If you look under the Coke cup, John 3.16 is written there, just the, the address. And on the French fries is Proverbs 3, 4, and 5. And, um, but all of them have some kind of verse reference. So how cool would it be if these guys, if we're eating at In-N-Out Burger and you're eating with a friend from somewhere. It might be your soccer team, or it might be baseball, or it might just be hanging out, or with cousin or something. And you open yours, and you go, whoa, what verse do you have on your french fries? And they, 
you know, they'll say, oh, Revelations 3.20. It's like, Revelation, what kind of code is that? And these guys will be able to share. You know what that means? I mean, it would be so great if they knew God's word so well that they would be able to share those verses as well as say, well, let's look it up. And they can look it up. So one of the things we try to do is not use the table of contents. We, we, we want to know God's word so well and become so familiar with it that we can find these verses on their own. Because actually, this isn't just one book. It's a library. All 66 books are a library. And so there are divisions to them. And we're going to talk about that. But first, I want you guys to be blessed by hearing some of our littlest Emmaus kids come up and do John 3.16, which is on the Coke cup. So come on up, you of you here, here. so that we don't perish off the stage. Okay, are you ready? Okay, ready? Here we go. perishing. You can see why we needed buffers in the front, huh? (laughs) Now if we can invite our elementary kids to come up. And they have been learning the Lord's Prayer because it's such a beautiful example. Um, Again, it's not just to say that without any heart. It's all about the heart, but it's an example of how we can pray with adoration. So Um, This is more Emmaus Kids Sign Language. Please forgive any American Sign Language speakers um, (laughs) because we do it a little differently. Okay, are you guys ready? May I help you? Thank you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread and lead us. No, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Okay. And we're all dismissed after that. <laughs> Some of our kids are so shy. <laughs> okay. That was just like we rehearsed. <laughs> Also, we, we, I want you to meet Elizabeth and Ben. They are going to share the 66 books of the Bible. Elizabeth's going to share the Old Testament, and then they're going to do the New Testament together. And you can stand still. <laughs> Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Ezra and Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms and Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. That was 39, 39 Old Testament books. Here we go with the 27 New Testament ones. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jackson, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Russians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John, Jude, and Revelation. Jackson is a new um, addition. <laughs> the prophet Jackson. Now, here's the deal. Those 27 that they were able to say there at the end, you are going to be able to say them by the end of this service. No way, you say. Yes way. And that's why you're going to need that a little diagram to help you. I am a simple-minded woman, and I need either sign language or songs or some kind of visual, things to help me to remember. And so it's a gift that God lets me work with kids because they accept it. And so we are going to teach you the New Testament through the diagram of the Roman house. Pastor Nate has been doing a series on building the house. And so instead of doing a house of prayer, house of worship, you get to see how the Romans lived. So get your diagram out. This is going to be interactive. And get your pencils and pens. And here we go. Use your imagination.
So there's this amazing Roman house that's up on a hill. And people always want to go up there and see it, but there's a long driveway that goes up and curves. But when you get up in front of it, you see that there are four great pillars there, and they have names. And the names of those pillars are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, those pillars, they not only hold up the roof, but they are the basis for the whole foundation of this entire house. So the four pillars, once again, are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, we want to see inside this house. We don't want to just stay outside and look at the pillars. So we access the middle of the house through the book of Acts. Because we want to get to the middle area. There's a patio in the middle of the house, and that's where the Romans party. <laughs> so these Romans, even though they are great dancers, they are a little boring and dull. And there we go. <laughs> unimaginative. And so when they name their rooms, they're, they're, they're just a little plain, okay? A little saltine cracker. So the corner room is called the corner room. And it stands for 1st and 2nd Corinthians. You think we can get that far, you guys? Yeah. Let's try. Here we go. You're driving up. You go up the windy road to the top of the hill. You see the Roman house. There are four great pillars that are called? Good work. We want to get inside the house. So we access through to the patio where there are who like to party. But they're kind of dull. So they name their rooms very plain names. And so the corner room stands for? Good job. Now, nobody wants to hang in a corner room. They want to hang in the family room because that's where the action is. And that's where you go, <laughs> eat popcorn. Go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Let's do the family room one more time. In the family room, you... Which stands for... Good job. Now, if you eat a lot of popcorn, you get parched. You need something to drink. And even though we might have soda or lemonade or water with our popcorn, the Romans are different. They like tea. In fact, they have their own tea room, and there's five major teas that they enjoy. And they stand for 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 
1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus. Okay, can we take it from the family room? Family room, here we go. You're in the family room, and you want to hang out, so you go eat popcorn, which stands for Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. You're parched. So then you go to the tea room, which stands for the five major teas they drink. First Thessalonian, Second Thessalonian, First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus. Now, they just don't drink five kinds of teas. In fact, they have a whole repertoire of teas. They have a room full of recipes and files that they keep these in. It is called the file room for Philemon. Philemon. Next to the tea room is the file room for Philemon. But you need a kitchen where you cook the tea. And there's always a man in there, and he brews the tea. Who brews the tea? Good job. There is a man who brews the tea. He brews the tea, and his name is? James Butler of Two Teas. <laughs> That's James. You guys, do you think we can go all the way to James? Yeah. We can do it. Let's start. Ready. You're going up the road. You see the house. You see the four pillars, and they are? But we want to get in the house. We want to access it through to the patio where the party. But they are dull, boring. So (laughs) they have the corner room, which stands for. But we like to hang out in the family room where we go stands for Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And you're parched after eating all that popcorn, so you go down to the tea room, five major teas, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus. But they have more recipes in the file room, which stands for? Great. And then you go to the kitchen where... Who brews it? What's his name? James. Now, James is part Roman. So that means he is dull. <laughs> and he has twin boys. And his twin boys are brunettes. And he calls them first and second Peter. So James has two boys, first and second Peter. Now think about this. If you are in a house that likes to party, that drinks a lot of tea, you're going to need some bathrooms. This is where we have to ask the Lord's forgiveness for our slang. They have three bathrooms in the Roman house. First John, second John, third John. 
But nobody wants to go to the third John because the door is ajar. We didn't rehearse that part. <laughs> um, oh no, we and so the third John, the door is ajar. So they say, Jude is first and second Peter's little sister. Hey Jude, she comes close the door because we don't want there to be a. Okay, from the top. Can you do it? Try to do it without looking, okay? Ready? Here we go. Wait, no, 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 no. Okay. Try to do it without looking. I bet you can do it. Okay, you drive up the road. There's four great pillars. They are? We want to get in the house, so we go through to the patio where there's? They're dull, boring, unimaginative, so we go to the corner room for? Good, but we want to hang out in the family room because we like to go, which stands for? We're thirsty, so we go to the major 5T room, which stands for? First. Great. What? Those aren't the only T's. There's a whole room of files, stands for? And then we go to the kitchen where the T. And what's his name? And he has two boys, twin brunettes. Right. Three bathrooms. Let's just go really quickly with that. First, second, and third, John. And they call Jude. So there's not... So there's not a good job, you guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll be on the road soon. <laughs> World tour. <laughs> they were great. I bet most of you can say the 27 books of the New Testament now. At least a good portion of them. So if you want to come up and use the mic later, just let me know. Not everybody rush at once, though, to do that. But the idea of knowing this is so that we can use it, that it's not just a bunch of words to remember. Let's try to use it right now. Use your Bibles. Without using the table of contents, we're going to find the book of Hebrews. So you open the book in half. If you open your Bible in half, you're going to land probably in Psalms or Proverbs. Try it. I don't hear the pages going anywhere. <laughs> okay, and then open the back half of the book, and you're going to probably land in one of these gospel books. So if you land in a gospel book, now go further from there to find the book of Hebrews, because you know the books now. Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon. Good job! You find it? Oh. The thing is, is that the Bible is different than any other book that you will ever use, because it's really not a book. 
it's really a library of 66 books. And so, and they have genres just like in a library. You might have your fiction here, your nonfiction, your history. It's the same with this. These are the gospels. And then you have one book of history. And then you have the letters either to a church or you have them to a person. And then one book of prophecy. So to help remember, you can do something simple like this. Clap your lap. And then you're going to clap your hands. And then snap one, snap two. And it goes like this. Gospels, history, letters, prophecy. Gospel, history, letters, prophecy. Gospels, history, letters, prophecy. Gospels, history, letter, prophecy. Good job. Okay, so then when you are able to share or you say, you know what, I want to hear about Jesus' life. I just want to hear how he lived on this earth. I know to go to the Gospels. I know that those four books tell me how Jesus was born and how he lived his life. And then if I want to go, well, what, what kind of, not advice, but guidance do I get also from the early Christians? I can go to the letters and read what they were saying. In this Hebrew passage, Hebrew Hebrews 4, it says that the word is not dull, it, that it is living and active, that it's sharper than a two-edged sword that cuts through the soul and the spirit like bone and marrow. And I was asking my husband about marrow, marrow what, what that is, which basically holds the blood inside the bone and creates that. And how that you have to break a bone in order to get to that marrow part. And so to have, have a sword cut straight to it and pierce it is, is so rare that you can do that. But to have the word of God that can pierce us like that, separate our soul and our spirit of who we are, and cut right to, this is who I created you to be. I want you to be everything I created you to be. I don't want you to get caught up in this facade of what you're supposed to be. Instead, I made you in a special way. I made you unique. I made you with purpose. I made you because I want to interact with you in my story. And that's what this is. It's his story, and it's full of drama. I mean, think about some of the things that happen in the New Testament. Angels, a baby born in a manger. You just don't hear of that. You must, much less the savior of the world. The savior of the world. You have shipwrecks. You have resurrection. You have prison. And then you have a returning savior with promises that delight us all the way through. It's a real story. It's not make-believe. And it's a story that changes our lives if we allow it to, if we allow it to. So that's why it's important to know these, to be able to find them, to be able to interact with them. Fall in love with your Bible. May the pages be wrinkled. May the pages have dog ears. May the pages have markings. May it speak through you. And the good news is, is that God reveals himself through these pages, but we're not on our own to do that. He also reveals himself through his spirit in us, which makes 
the pages come alive over and over. You can read the same passage over and over and over again, and you will see that the Spirit will reveal more to you. I don't like to think of it as an onion, because the onion, it's very... Um, I used to work in an onion shed. <laughs> and so maybe that's why I don't like to think of it as an onion. But when you peel those layers of an onion, they're very sheer, you know, and translucent. But I like to think of it more as an artichoke because it's hard. It's hard to get those pieces off. You know, they're thick. And that's how it is in our lives sometimes. It's hard to let go of things because God wants to get to that sweet spot which is called the heart. He wants to get there. Those pages help us do that with the help of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I hope for each one of these kids who they're going to be, you guys are the leaders. You guys are going to be the ones that are going to be sharing God's word. You guys are going to be the ones that will be different and set apart at school without having a potty mouth. Anybody can have a potty mouth. Why not speak of beauty? I mean, God spoke a word and beauty was created. Why, why use curse words and, and ugly words? Why not use words of beauty? You're going to be different. You'll be kind. Instead of being out for only yourself, you're going to be helping others, serving others, as Jesus did in those pages. He teaches us how he served by getting on his knees and washing crusty, dirty feet. Let's be different. And as parents and as grandparents and as people in this beautiful community, we are commissioned to make a difference in the lives of these kids. Even though we heard that beautiful John 3.16 verse shared today, and that's probably the most famous verse of the New Testament, the most famous verse of the entire Bible, if you look universally, is from Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, and it's in chapter 6, and it's called the Shema. And basically what it says to you is that we are to fall in love with the Lord so that it just comes naturally that we will speak of him when we do simple things. And it says walk along the road. It might be, if it was a new translation, it might be drive in the minivan, you know? Um, or when you are eating, that you talk of those things that God has done for you, that you appreciate about him. That's our commission. And the truth is that research has shown that by age six, by age six, the basic values of children are already developed. That means when you're a mom and dad, you're whooped. You're whooped physically with little kids, but you cannot... You cannot be a coward. You have to be courageous. You have to ask God for strength to, to lead your, your family. And then research also says by the age of 13, the basic worldview that a person is going to have, they will have it at age 13 until they die. They will die with a similar worldview. That means ministry in your home is of utmost importance. And hopefully the church can come alongside and reinforce what these kids are learning at home and the, 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 what Rick's doing you know, with the junior hires. It's, it's of utmost importance. You are investing in a life forever. And this community loves children. That's what's beautiful. 
May I pray with you? Lord, I thank you that we can be here together as one community, a community of worship, that we would acknowledge your greatness, Lord. I pray that we would not get desensitized to that, that we would fall in love with you over and over every day, that we would notice that you created flowers that are not only colorful and beautiful, and, but they have a scent. You added a scent, Lord. Who are you? You are greater than we can fathom. We thank you, Lord, that you've chosen each one of us. Would you use us in a mighty way? Amen. Before we go, there are some people that I would like to acknowledge that um, are lovers of the Lord. And um, since doing kids' ministry, I have a beautiful husband. He was a cute drummer, if you saw him earlier, down in the hole. Um, but he, he, he supports me in so many ways, and um, he, he, he's even worn a tutu and had to catch a little lamb for the parable of the lost um, sheep and lamb. Um, but when he caught it, they said, we need you to help us for a moment. And so he went over to help him, and he had to catch the other ones to castrate them. And it's like, are you, are you such a great guy? How many husbands would do that? <laughs> you know? Um, but anyway... Babe, I just want to acknowledge you, and I have a gift for you because you're loved. Do you, you want me to just take it home? Oh. I'll just take it home with me. Anyway, he's so loved. And, okay. But, we, you know, this community is blessed by having somebody that really makes these gatherings work and does so much during the week to make sure that we are comfortable and ministered to. And, and he has been a blessing to me in so many ways. Rich Lester, I want to thank you. And I, I want people to know how much you are loved. And so I have a gift for you. Yes. That's maybe a good idea. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? There, I have one more gift of love that um, you guys, again, you might not know this. This is somebody who's so humble and a servant, always behind the scenes, giving, giving, giving. And um, two weeks ago when I came here, he was sweeping the alleyway. Who sweeps an alleyway? None other than Jeff Jenkins. Jeff, we appreciate you and want you to have this. Thank you for all you do. You are loved. given us. Each one of us. We've got gifts, natural attributes that he has made us with to be used to help one another, not for ourselves. And then when the Holy Spirit comes and reigns in us, he gives us spiritual gifts on top of that. 
And they are to be used to give out, not to, to have for ourselves. But the greatest gift is the gift of salvation that he gives us, the gift of a relationship with him. And sometimes we get too busy or we feel like, you know what, I'm doing fine in my life. I don't need something like that. I don't need that. Or you know what, I'm not worthy. I got to clean up my life first. I'm just not worthy. None of those are true. All those are a lie. It is a gift we want to accept and let it transform us into a love relationship with him because that's what these are all about, a love relationship with him. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men, they'll stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, we will renew our strength. We will run and not get weary. We will walk and not be tired. Do you not know? Have you not heard? May each one of us receive this beautiful gift. May we know that we know that we know that he is with us. May we appreciate his beauty, his generosity, his kindness. Do you know how great this God is? There is a picture that just came back from Saturn, and maybe some of you saw it. It has the rings around it, and then in the background, you see this tiny little blue dot, which is Earth. And everybody living, everything living at this time right now is in that little dot. And that we have a God who created Saturn, created the, the rings of Saturn and created the universe and the galaxies and the Milky Way and Earth. But the beauty is, and something that's unfathomable, is each living thing on Earth, he knows intimately. And he just doesn't know. He interacts. He has a relationship. He lives inside if we receive the gift. Isn't that an amazing God? That's our God. May we not forget that. May we not minimize it. May we today embrace his goodness and kindness. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you made us this community, but also that you made us individuals that you interact with. You are more, Lord, than we can even understand. You are greater and you're also more intimate than we can understand. Would you continue to transform us through our word? Would you give us a hunger, Lord, a hunger for your word, that we would just make those pages, Lord, so worn and tethered, and that when we don't understand, we will ask you for understanding, and you say you will give it generously. Thank you for that promise, Lord. We praise you. Amen.